everyone. Welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast. My name is Ryan Doze, and I'm so excited to do what we do on every episode of the show. We explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor, and on today's episode, we're kind of talking about the Thor issue for this entire year. We're talking about Thor legacy number 750, in our new comics episode, we're going to talk about a few other books, but really we are here to talk about this monumental anniversary issue covering so many different creators and stories, and it's going to be a fantastic conversation. And as we do on our new comics episode, I have co-pilots, co-hosts, and the other two members of my Warriors 3 the, the Hogan and Fandral to my Volstag, we have Will Rose, Christopher Fazio, and we are just, we're ready to go. We're ready to go, guys. Are, are you are you ready to talk about Thor 750? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. This is what we've been looking forward to for a long time. And there were so many good comics that came out today on this uh, new comic book Wednesday that when we're recording this. And uh, man, this is at the top of the stack top of the stack extra long wait too right so yeah it's worth it we waited uh we waited long enough to finally do a previews episode a few weeks ago will and i were able to sit down with uh marvel's uh banner of war artist martin cocolo um that was such a fun conversation if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it that was awesome also uh just like so people know that we're still like locked in on other stuff that's happening in Thor before we jump into 750. The trailer conversation that we had was so much fun, guys. So if people haven't checked out our discussion of the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, you need to go back and do that because uh, we give you like our 20 minutes. We get 20 minutes, everybody. We give you everything we have on that trailer. And um, I, it, it's going to be nuts. Like, seriously, if, if you're not locked into what's happening in the world of Thor, boy, these next few months are, are just going to be missed opportunities. There's going to be so much good stuff. So one opportunity we're not going to miss is discussing this monumental God-sized issue of Thor. Like I said, 60th anniversary. We're covering uh, a lot of different stories in this. This is the 750th issue of Thor. That is not, I can only think of like two titles that might have run for longer. And I think it's like Fantastic Four and Avengers, maybe Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man had a number of thousand a while ago. Yeah, yeah. That Spidey, Spidey or, or 900. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they try to, you know, they they have different ways of numbering to draw and lure people into stories. And I get, <laughs> I get it. I understand why they want to do that. And more people reading Thor is 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 great and fine by me. And so at the top, there's there's three numbers at the top left hand corner. Yes. Yes. 24, um, you know, from the reboot. And then there's 750 and then there's 60, 60 years. So you have all these numbers in my head. I'm glad I'm not a math teacher. I'm glad I, my only D in college <laughs> was in math. My only D in college was math, but wow. I'm stick with 750 and go from there. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's like, it's like, it's like we're looking at baseball box scores right. when we look at the, the top corner box in uh, this month's issue of Thor. We are also going to discuss the latest issue of Avengers, uh, Avengers 55, where um, we, I have, I'll is be it, honest. I have, is it Avengers 55, Ryan? Oh, good grief. Um, what's the legacy number, Will? 
755 that I was just reminded of. My gosh, this guy and his legacy numbers, everybody. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to cover the uh, the 755th issue of Avengers. And uh, I'll be honest, everybody, I have some apologizing to do. I have uh, I have some uh, some humble pie to eat later on in the show uh, because um, I did not trust Jason Aaron the way I should have. So I apologize. It was just a, a foolhardy mistake on my part. And then... Uh, Faz is going to talk about his uh, his favorite comic. Where it really it's like Faz's corner at the end of the show. Uh, he's going to give us an update on what's happening in the world of Infinity Comics and the uh, ongoing series of Alligator Loki. It is going to be a fun show, but we are here to talk about, like I said, predominantly one comic, and that is the latest issue of Thor. We're going to jump right in i would tell you who the list of creators are but we're going to do that kind of as we break down this issue this is a supersized issue of thor and because of that there's several different stories happening within it so uh, we will kind of trade off who is going to give the synopsis of these stories and these segments in the book and we'll mention the creators as we do that because there's many of them to highlight in this book so everybody let's jump in to the 750th issue of Thor if we haven't mentioned it enough <laughs> like it's just we got it here we finally got here we've been talking about it for months we're finally here let's break it open so we are still in the aftermath of the most recent death of Odin I say most re- recent because if you're a new fan this has happened before so uh, the death of Odin didn't really shock us I think some of the implications of this current death will be a little more, um, how do you say, mysterious once we get to the end of the book. But we are starting off at the funeral for Odin. And this segment of the comic is written by the current writer of Thor, Donnie Cates, and it is drawn masterfully by Nick Klein. So there are a few things you need to know jumping into this. We've just come out of the God of Hammers storyline. A uh, a storyline that had some like mixed reviews and there were some things that like people really liked about it. Some things people really were like, oh, this feels a little bit like a retread, but we are going into this new kind of adventure for Thor. We know that Banner of War is coming up, but there's this one issue that we kind of, we wrap up some stuff and then we open up a bunch of other things. And this starts at the funeral for Odin. Thor opens up the Book of Kings, which is supposedly only supposed to be read, only supposed to be comprehended, really, by a king of Asgard, by the Allfather. He decides to do a really spectacular thing where he reads from the Book of Kings, and that's kind of how we get the format of how this comic is going to unfold. He is reading the Book of Kings to the assembled Asgardians at Odin's funeral. I would just like to highlight one full page, to like a, a double page spread that may be one of the most beautiful double page spreads I've seen in modern comics. This is why I say that Nick Klein is a master and it is the, the, the really the second full page uh, image you get in this comic where we see the carriage uh, drawing Odin's coffin, his kind of his sarcophagus almost uh, to the Bifrost bridge. And there is a star studded crowd around we see celestials in the background we see you watch the watcher we see all these different all these different heroes all these different villains assembled for the send-off 
of Odin. The image is beautiful. It is striking. And we are, we are then greeted by a, a Thor who is trying to make sense of things as, as any son of, of, a, of, a, of a deceased father would. And he decides that he is going to tell these stories as his eulogy. He is going to uh, un- kind of unveil things about Odin, things about himself, things about Loki, things about uh, characters that are essential to the Thor mythos by reading from this book of Kings. And I love how this first little segment ends because we're about to jump into a story written by a legendary Thor creator. And this is a line that is synonymous with him. The segment ends with far beyond the fields we know. So, you know, the next segment is a Walt Simonson story, but before we jump on to Simonson guys, this issue starts off on these heavy emotional notes. We get great, beautiful art and the tone is set really early that we're going to get a lot of different things from this comic. What were your thoughts about the introduction of this comic from Donny Cates and Nick Klein? Fazzle, I think that I, I just think that Donny continues to nail it for me. I, I think that like the, the idea of having five or six different stories, each era of Thor with the creative teams all back, all put up together by Thor reading a book for the eulogy is just a masterstroke to make this happen. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to be thinking like years ago, Donnie's thinking to himself, how am I going to do this to celebrate all of Thor? And when he came up with this idea where you get the, the stories about how he banished me out and he made me a better man for it every time. And you, uh, you see the pain in Thor's eyes and Loki's eyes and all the villains that are there, the celestials that are there. And you use that as a framing device to tell these great stories in all the eras. I think that's just a masterstroke. Uh, could not agree more, man. Could not yeah, agree more. And, and as someone, you know, um, who, who presides over funerals often yeah. and who um, witnesses eulogies and does eulogies and, and speaks at funerals, like, man, Kate knows what he's doing and is such beautiful, poetic writing that's honoring this loved one, this father, this family member who has complicated history between one another, aren't we all wrapped up in that? That's everyone's story. I don't care who you are. Um, and so I, I was just so impressed and it read like just a beautifully written eulogy. And, and here's Thor behind a pulpit with uh, the scripture or, or a Bible or um, yeah, this book of Kings that he's reading yeah. And you can just see the weight on his face and the jury eyes now tired, tired and worn out. And I just, man, Nick Klein, if you're listening, to this, you could email us. I would just love to know how long it took you <laughs> to draw an ink like that spread page, because it says you're the artist. There's no like you penciled it and someone inked it. You drew and inked it. And then you had a colorist go in and that from the cosmic level of the celestials all the way down to like the commoner of Asgard to a little baby yeah. crowd. Um, Silver Surfer's there hanging his head. Uh, the Avengers are there. The Ravens, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what pulled on my emotional like um, heartstrings are here. Odin's Ravens are there at like the head of. Oh, yeah. And, and, and one of them's got a head bowed and one of them's uh, like almost barking or, or crying out in grief. And so it's just an incredible 
page and then you move on to the the story the reading the reading of from the book and and people are there to listen to to these stories that are getting ready to unfold it's, it's just it, it, speaking of the of you know uh, faz said this that you know his writing is just so poetic mm-hmm. and it's it's perfect for this moment i think a lot of times um, a good, a, a great writer can sometimes even misstep if the tone of the of the monologue or the dialogue of the writing doesn't fit the moment. This fits the moment because the moment is a somber, reflective moment, and really that vein is struck through the entire comic, and the tone is set right here. There's one line I wanna I wanna read because I would encourage all of you to go read this. Obviously, we've been you know, fawning over it for months, and now we finally get to read it. And I just wanted to read one one uh, one passage from this uh, from from this first segment. Thor says. As he's holding the book of Kings, he says, I did not know when I was young, all I saw was the hard man, the stone king, the rod, the steel. But now as I hold this book of Kings, I see it now how grand the wheel of uh, how unending the path, how heavy the sacrifice. I see how much my father wept and bled in silence for those who he loved, for his people, for his queen for his sons. And I just like goosebumps, goosebumps. And, and, and we're not even four pages in, like we're four or five pages into this. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm going to cry at some point. Fantastic. Um, But yeah, I thought this first little segment was just it, 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 like I said, it set the tone. And now we jump into the fields far beyond what we know. Will what story did we get next? This first, this first <laughs> little mini story by the legendary Walt Simonson. Yeah, Walt Simonson, you know, up there on the Mount Rushmore of Thor creators. And Absolutely. One the, might say he built it. That's right. That's right. He chiseled it out from his pencil. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he he wrote and drew this. And, and I, remote, I met at a North Carolina Comic Con him and his wife, Louise, uh, and they couldn't have been nicer. And they stood there the whole time and signed every book and talked to every single person that came through. And that was just so cool to see him and his wife do that. Um, but yeah, it's called Prologue. And, and we get uh, Beta Ray William. I mean, Beta Ray Will. I mean, better <laughs> Beta Ray Bill, uh, his prologue. You, you finally get to find out why he's called Beta. Yeah. Well, you know, like, why is he called Beta? Well, there was an Alpha. And he beat Alpha or assimilated or appropriated or pulled into his own being and essence, uh, Beta. So, so really you kind of get this, the, the Corbinites are, are having to flee from their galaxy. It's getting yeah. ready to explode, uh, Kal-El, uh, Superman style. They need to- <laughs> Yes. Uh, and so they, they, they need an Alpha warrior. They need some kind of super soldier that's going to like help them flee and protect them on their way and so they go and find this kind of feral beast in this forest and 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 assimilate like beta ray bill is like this uh hodgepodge this like um soup melting pot of this feral like dog-like thing in a forest that they brought and 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 
and create uh, an AI robot that was yeah. alpha, but they quit that. And it's it's all over the place, but it's super action-packed and super cool that eventually find out that he is becomes this kind of beta warrior for the whole people and even rebels against the one who tried to create them. And then they actually flee. And there's his origin story. We finally get the origin story of yeah. who and why he is that. And they blast off and head off into space and flee to look for safe passage. Um, so there he is. So yeah. However you guys want to fill in the blanks there, the art's still incredible. Walt's got yeah. it. Still got it. Um, it's definitely, you know, here's the era from, from the eighties and you finally get a little background. Maybe, you know, maybe they're setting up this character even more because there's more stories to tell or yeah. make a cameo in love and thunder for, for Faz. Faz's uh, hope. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. It's still. Oh, out you, it's you glutton. Do you need more? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, um, it's great. It's, it's a short story, but it's action-packed for sure. Yeah. And and this is one of those ones where you can really see the colors shining through of that like 80s style, right? Like you've got the the bright blue, you've got the bright red and pinks, you've got the yellows coming through. Like every uh, he's red, his suit looks amazing. Every time there's a new panel, they, they all look wildly different and wildly colorful. And that just got me really excited. Like a lot of times you see still really good looking, mainly black panels these days. Yeah. And these ones are just not that at all. These ones are no. as colorful as you can imagine. Yeah. And I've never known his why he's called beta, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and here we are. He, he, and I don't know if that's ever been disclosed ever in the history of comics. I, I don't I don't know either. And maybe see here's here's what I've read enough Walt Simonson to to make a strong poke at at this assumption. Uh we've said, you know, several times with like Donny Cates and Jason Aaron, more recent Thor writers or creators, and like, did they have in mind when they were doing this? Did they think like, well, most of them probably do because they're master storytellers. Walt Simonson has not written a Thor comic in decades. <laughs> so for me, my, my, my initial thought was, like, how long has he been sitting on this story? Right. How long has he been sitting on the, the, origin the you know like will said the the um the crypt the krypton moment of the burning galaxy like to where you, that that last panel really hits when uh his ship scuttlebutt is go is going away from this massive explosion mm -hmm. and you're like oh my gosh now now it can it can pick up where we pick up with it when beta comes into the thor story and completely changes the paradigm in that entire book because what people often don't realize about thor is there's 750 issues now not all of them are great like i'm a thor apologist and there's sometimes where i'm like what the hell am i reading <laughs> yeah and and for for a long stretch before simonson got to thor it was a rotating door of creators and really there wasn't like there wasn't that that zest to it. There wasn't that heat that it, it had once Simonson got the reins, got the keys to the kingdom, and he changed it. And Beta is a huge part of that. You know, anyone that has read Thor comics for a long time will tell you that first cover of Beta smashing the Thor masthead. It's a game changer. Pop quiz, Ryan. What what issue oh is that? Do you remember? Okay, like I have a guess. 
Because I, I have somebody's Marvel Unlimited account, and I kind of want to read that tonight before I go to bed. <laughs> I'm going to hunt that down. But hey, I believe a, a, a better fan than I would know, uh, but I believe it's 383. Okay. Someone can fact check me on that one and like be like, ha, it's 384. Well, um, I think you're but- right. I mean, it's like, you know, I, as someone who has written a lot of things and preached a lot of sermons and taught a lot of classes and stuff like they're not all winners. They're no. not all winners. And so when you have 750 issues, yeah, you, there's going to be some that are just kind of run of the mill or whatever, but, but to, 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 to capitalize, capitalize they, these eras for each of these stories is is pretty amazing and we were talking about how like the editors get need to get like their full props for this whole comic of how they line this out and 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 outline these stories and so from walt simonson to have his say and to give an origin story for a beloved character that could pop up later on um uh, is is pretty awesome um even if he just made it off how creative is that even if he never wasn't in his head for decades if he was like i gotta i can think of something you know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can i can figure that out um it's pretty ingenious yeah i i, I just fact checked myself mm-hmm. and uh i don't know why 383 popped into my brain uh but i know now why that was so 382 was simonson's last thor comic mm-hmm. so 383 was the first first non-simonson so instead of his first issue i went with the one right after his last one and uh 383 actually features a former guest of the show artist ron friends drew that issue so that's probably why it popped up to me so anyway i corrected myself those of you that were like it's 337 that's the first appearance of beta ray bill you win you're smarter than me (laughs) but anything else we want to say about the simonson story here um that um just needs to be said um or do we want to move on to a equally brightly colored and (laughs) dynamically drawn story by a writer uh artist kind of dual threat mr dan jurgens uh got to tell a story about thor odin balder and mangog and faz is gonna break that one down for us faz the floor is yours man yeah so it's dan jurgens matt wilson is the colorist we've got Klaus Jansen is the anchor and Joe Sabino is the letterer. It's another dream team. This one is another fun one. Just like you said, it's colorful. It gets me hyped as I'm looking through it. It starts out with a mighty battle already fought. Thor has just defeated Thanos and Mangog. Mangog is very fun to look at after seeing Lightning Mangog in the recent uh, Kate's run so seeing yes. this like classic look was pretty cool yes, to go yeah. back to that refreshing and Thor's got some new hardware he's using some extra special weapons and these weapons are giving him some untold amounts of power but the little tidbit is called the seduction hmm. the the worry is that these weapons that were forged give Thor these unlimited powers but also kind of draw him to the dark side of the force so the whole little episode if we'll call it that is odin and balder trying to get thor to figure himself out and come back to the light and realize he's got to drop these weapons get rid of these weapons because even though he's stronger and powerful and even more mighty he won't be worthy if he keeps it forever we get an awesome fight between thor and mangog and for those that are listening i'm using air quotes in my uh (laughs) 
in, in the Zoom link because it's not really Mangog. It's really Balder with an Odin enchantment. Mm. And uh, Thor comes to his senses. It's a great kind of story about staying worthy and how absolute power corrupts absolutely. And is a great lesson for Odin kind of being the father figure and teaching Thor a lesson as he's on his journey. What yeah. did you guys think? Yeah, since it's a eulogy for his dad, I mean, what a story to remember and share with the folks who are there. And, and, and yeah, this is full on 90s, right? Like he's de- de- decked out in like spiked bracelets and, and, <laughs> and belts yeah. and sashes and, you know, claw. You know, Jansen used a lot of ink on this. I don't know what his ink bill was. It's for dripping. This this but part of the issue is dripping with ink. It's, it's dripping with ink because it's so busy, but but so full and so good. So yeah, I mean, what a great story for him to reflect on and like, yeah, here I am. Not only is it a great like throwback to '90s comics and the over the top spikes and hair and 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 uh, wham bams and fishes and flowers all over the place but um <laughs> the, uh, i love it he's remembering a lesson learned and his dad yeah. doing that and at the end he strips himself of that kind of the spikes and the belts and the extra weapons and the extra shield and he's just off with just him and his hammer and his classic costume yeah. it, this one was great because uh, honestly i i jurgens is run on thor has intrigued me for a long time but because we've been spending so much time on jason aaron and we've been reading donny cates and uh kind of my 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 comfort reading comics are going back and like looking at you know lee and kirby stuff um it may not be as good but like that's kind of where my default is i say that to to just uh let you know jurgens is not a run of thor that i am really familiar with so um, it's on the reading list uh, and we will cover it on the show at, at some point. But this segment of the issue got me really, really hyped to read Jan- Dan Jurgen's Thor because Faz said this, you get Klaus Jansen, like Klaus Jansen is a legend. Like in, in the world of comics, um, is say you, if you're coming to the show today and uh, like you don't know half the creators we're talking about, you need to go look up Klaus Jansen. He is synonymous with um, with Frank Miller's Daredevil run. Um, that's probably the thing that he's widely the best known for. Uh, but Klaus Jansen here, coming back to Thor, he was part of the Dan Jurgens run uh, that also included John Romita Jr., who is also a name that people will know and uh, undoubtedly have opinions about. Um, but this story got me super hyped to go look at more Dan Jurgens Thor. Um, I thought that this the the dynamic like nature of this comic was so great. My favorite page of this segment was when Thor has the hammer out in front of him and he's trash talking Mangog, but he has this blast of energy out from the hammer and you see the, 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 the panels slowly fade where the, the light is extinguishing everything else in the panels. And uh, Thor, Thor, Thor has this conversation with Mangog where Mangog says, um, you know, fire away Odinson, do so with all thy might will avail thee not really really like digging into the shakespearean nature of, of their conversation patterns 
Thor says, hollow words for the God of thunder shall not stop until thou art gutted, unable to stand any longer. Mangog yells back, do thy worst and Mangog shall still prevail. Thor, a foolish wish for it means that it means death awaits thee. But if that's what thou desirest, have at thee. It's like, well, okay. I, yep. I'm going to go read some Dan Jurgens Thor, like right after yeah. this. Um, I just, I love, I loved the, uh, the very nineties of this, of this comic. It was, it yeah, was he's speaking that kind of King James Norse, uh, English too, you know, and that, that, that was that big part of that run, but you know, this whole part about the lesson from, from Odin, but also like lightning mangog is the one who eventually led to odin's death right like that this this all kind of comes together full circle why they're there in the first place mangog and odin are like inseparable because mangog is literally created because of as a result of something odin did Mm. and so um yeah there's there's a lot of connection between those two villains between the villain and 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 the all-father so thanks for that connection will i hadn't even made that connection that mangog would make perfect sense to be in 750 um bravo um faz do you want to take us into the j michael straczynski story benedictions so yeah benedictions it's uh straczynski it's olivier quapel 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 Coipel, oh, close enough, as the artist. Joe Sabino is the letterer. And Alejandro Sanchez is the color artist. This one is a much slower paced issue. It's a much more kind of, it's just a very hopeful vibe the whole way through. And what it is, is Thor's writing his last will. He's realizing that things are about to happen and he needs to kind of get his affairs in order. So he kidnaps a lawyer and he sits him down and he just dictates to him and it's an eloquent speech you guys need to listen to it you need to go read it it's just it's beautiful he speaks about how humans don't understand how special they are how they're capable of amazing things the benefits of change and why living forever isn't always a good thing when you have infinite time you can make infinite considerations before you change for the better or worse whereas humanity has the ability to change and rise above and the capacity for infinite evil, but the capacity for infinite good. And it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I get chills just reading it. He, the, the man has a way with words. And I don't, I don't know if Thor's always had a, a way with words in the comics, but in these recent ones, he certainly does. And he gives a beautiful love letter to Midgard. And then he, uh, he pays the man and Volstag has some fun and, and that's the whole issue. So it's short, <laughs> it's sweet. It's got a really hopeful message. And he ends with uh, telling humans that perhaps we should be the ones worshiping you. And mm. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And where's this fall on the timeline of, of Thor? Like, is this like just in Straczynski's like era or is this like future or is it like present? Like, how's he drawing this road? Cause he talks about like something's coming and what is that alluding to? Like, in, oh, you'll see. But what's what's in my head? I see it as just something's always coming. So yeah. it fits wherever, like whatever the next big thing is. It mentions Donald Blake, so it could have been yeah. before all of this that's been happening recently. True. I, you know what, Faz? I think that's a good little like thing with Thor comics because like we've we've experienced Ragnarok a few times, like the the end of ends, but like 
this could apply to a lot of things um now but then there's the speculator in me that's like are they referring to a like a thing that's coming it's more specific i mean maybe we know that at some point thanos is going to show up with that infinity uh that infinity mjolnir maybe it's something on that level or maybe maybe or maybe more likely straczynski is just trying to evoke that sense that anything could anything that's coming could be the last thing right does that i i i maybe i'm completely out base there well did you have any there's a big where there's a big hulk coming after him he's gonna lose that fight he's got with hulk coming right down the road (laughs) if i'm i'm not sitting through a death of thor miniseries i'm not gonna do it (laughs) especially not not in his own issue yeah yeah i mean but again cry in every issue (laughs) we're talking um with martin who's the artist on um you know banner banner war and he's talking about how much he idolizes at the top of his like who he looks up to as an artist is corpel and so he, here it is in full display and goodness gracious it's gorgeous and and again like he's not only the pencilist but penciler but also the the inker as well on this he's the artist so it's, he's inking his own stuff and and man just the shading and the the hash the hash tracks that he's doing on, on faces and, they, and the details are, are absolutely amazing. And I, and I just have to say the fact that like, he's like, yeah, when, when Thor's like, yeah, when I'm gone, you know, just throw me into Saturn because like, there's a lot of storms there and, and I'm the God of lightning. And it's like, Oh, but why? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So you'll be reborn. He's like, yeah, you think I think that, but now I'm just going to become one with the lightning. And I'm like, Oh my crap, that's so good. <laughs> and, and not only is Saturn my favorite planet just because of the cool rains, <laughs> But like the fact that he's being thrown into a, a storm-ridden planet so he can become one with lightning is pretty rad. Like that's I love that you just said my favorite planet. Like I it's, just, it's not even the one that you're on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like no. my favorite planet is definitely Saturn for real. I mean, like we gotta, we gotta no, okay. Well, that's a whole nother episode. We gotta, we gotta get there soon. Colonize the moons of Saturn. But anyway, we'll, we'll... wouldn't it be funny, Faz, if we found out that Will drives a Saturn? Like that'd be <laughs> that, would, that would that yeah. would be fantastic. That, that 90s car that's outdated that no longer yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's collecting Saturns yeah, like, yeah. just to make it not happen. only do I collect comic books, but I collect Saturn on movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Speaking of the how that ends, uh, well, I wanted to read that thing that Thor says about being joined with the storm. I just felt that that was very poetic by Straczynski here when he says, it is my wish to be sent into the storms of Saturn, which have been roiling that world for ages immemorial. Why Saturn? The lawyer asks him. Because within those storms are the bolts of lightning 10,000 times stronger than any the earth has ever known. And the thunder lord enough to, and thunder loud enough to shatter whole worlds. Um, I am drawn to the sound of thunder because it is the only song I know. We will, we will sing there in the heart of the storm, tell one another unlikely stories and keep each other company through the ages until the end of all things. I, I, I friggin' loved how this segment was written. I, I'll be honest, guys. This story was my favorite. Mm. It was my absolute favorite. Um, I love the idea of Thor writing his will. I don't know why. Like, it just, I, 
I looked at this and I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of talking. Like, yeah. you know, it's, we just came from Mangog, you know, a big fight scene and we had a Beta Ray Bill fight scene. And now we're sitting at a desk talking about what he wants to happen after he's gone. And there were just so many emotional notes here that I was like, oh my gosh, now I got to go read Straczynski's door. Like, oh my gosh, I got to do all these things. And, and, um, and for those of you that uh, maybe don't know, like Straczynski falls right after Jurgens' run. Um, I believe he begins volume three of Thor and then he, he, he's, he precedes Matt Fraction. So kind of the, the big names that took over big swings at Thor, you know, you have, um, you know, Jurgens, Straczynski and uh, Fraction. And then we get into like the Jason Aaron and all that kind of stuff. But I really, really loved this segment of the issue. I, I thought it was, I thought it was the best one it was the one that i connected with the most i thought it was awesome yeah yeah if you think of this as kind of a best of album of the different eras you know, oh yeah we, yeah we have like the the heavy metal like 90s like rock it out baby we're gonna just pedal to the metal and then and then we get a ballad with yeah the, yeah like, yes uh, gosh uh, will this poetic will that they're they're writing um is is pretty pretty cool and the shading you know it is dark it's not a very bright one i mean i guess you, there's some moments that are, are bright but like yeah there there there's some contemplative uh reflections going on here for sure yeah. solemn yeah i also just love the the legal jokes about how it's got to stand up in asgard and in uh midgard and how any usurpers are going to absolutely murder this lawyer if he gets it wrong and he just goes all right okay cool I, okay i guess i better not mess up then <laughs> Oh man. Um, did they get all their legalese right though? Uh, our resident, our resident lawyer. Hey, it, it, it was good enough for me. I'm definitely not a business state lawyer, but it, it sounds great to me. I'm like, honestly, he didn't really, he didn't leave anything to anybody. He didn't name a successor really. He just asked. Well, he named Balder as his successor. True, he did. That's um, true. He did. Because he didn't want anybody else coming after. He didn't want anybody coming after you know anything he's like i'm gonna make it clear mm -hmm. it's balder nobody else yeah so, that's true yeah. but uh he he could have done more will-like things but i think it was handled beautifully yeah. right that's exciting comic books there sign here check here and <laughs> but I, i'll be honest though speaking of a full comic like i could have read i got like a, a a thor comic that was that like you know for 21 22 pages i could have actually read that like uh, sometimes when I see big blocks of text, I get a little scared. Um, and, and I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to read Chris Claremont's X-Men today. Um, you know, but then, but then I start reading and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this flows so beautifully, not only in the immediate story, but in the overarching story that they're saying, cause he is, there's a story about him writing his will in a larger comic where we're talking about the death of Odin. Like death is kind of all over this comic. And I felt like the benedictions one just really encapsulated the moment super well. But are we ready to jump into a, a completely different part of the Thor world? We are jumping back into the world of Loki, agent of Asgard with a writer and um, just all around gem of of a, of a writer and, and a creator al ewing lee garbett is the artist 
color artist is Antonio Fabella, and it's lettered by VCs Joe Sabino. One thing also uh, maybe fans should know about Joe Sabino, the letterer, he's been lettering Thor for a long time, and uh, he's just like one of those guys that maybe he like an unsung hero of these Thor comics that very like stylized as guardian writing. Um, he's been doing that for a long time. I, ha- I, I've, I've had little small interactions with, with Joe and he just seems like um, such a great dude. Um, so yeah, um, just big props to Joe Sabino. He does a lot of work on these comics. So um, the, the story we jump into takes place right after the last issue of Loki agent of Asgard. If those of you that have not read Loki agent of Asgard, what are you doing? Go read it right now. Uh, after you're done listening to our discussion, the comic ends with Loki walking through a door that just says next. And it's a, it's a question that we as readers are supposed to be like, okay, um, this is really open-ended. It's, it's like the most open-ended. And here is where we get the answer to the question of where did Loki go next? So we jump onto this planet, and I'm probably going to butcher this word. They, Ta'ai, it's, it's, a, it's a weird planet name. It doesn't really factor into the story. I thought I would give it a shot. I probably butchered it. I'm sorry, Al, um, because I know you're listening. Um, well, it's so but, futuristic that you, it's, unpron- it's unpronounceable because it's, <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> uh it's we're in the 60th infinity Uh, we are 14 billion years ago so it's kind of like a star wars thing it's like in in a galaxy uh, a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away it's like a long time ago what are you talking about we have space stations as a moons (laughs) like but we see loki show up and he has a great line when he walks through the door. He says, hi, my name's Loki. I'm the god of stories. Nice multiverse you have here. Mind if I come in? Now, those of you that uh, uh, want something else to listen to this week, go listen to Marvel's official podcast, Marvel's Pull List. They do these fun things where they give out awards based on lines from comics. And this week they took it from this comic. It was that line, like nice multiverse you have here. Uh, Will, I know you listen to pull list and they always say like, Hey, if you can tell us what comic this is from, you might get a prize. I, I did the song and dance for him. I was like, Oh, I found it. I found it. And they're like, we already determined a winner hours ago. <laughs> it's like, darn it but i did get to like chat with jasmine estrada for like a a second that was kind of fun um she's very fun uh so we uh jump into a story with loki where he is trying to understand like where he is what's going on and he is really concerned with where verity willis is now again for those of you that have not read loki agent of asgard verity is a huge part of that comic kind of the point of view character where Loki Loki takes her through the ringer on all of his adventures. So when he comes through the door, he's instantly looking for where's Verity, where's Verity. And in kind of an astral form, he visits her in New York City at the current time. So he goes forward in time or backward in time. I don't really know how the time works in this one, but um, he goes and visits her in her apartment and he's kind of like um like the ghost of, like like a christmas carol how he sees everything that's happening but he can't interact with her 
she's just you know like just living her living her life and small little easter egg here that i loved i i like i was reading this in public and i instantly did like one of those like many like little fist bumps and i was so excited and i started getting all giddy and stuff the verity is reading a book on her couch and the book that she is reading is all of the marvels by former guest of the show douglas wolk it's just yeah. clear as day i got yeah. so friggin excited about that that i like i tagged douglas in a bunch of stuff and i was like oh my gosh you know this is crazy and like lee garbett like bravo man like that's awesome al ewing probably was like hey i read this book a while back and uh maybe we'll put it in the next time i write loki uh there's a great chapter in that book about thor and loki that we were actually able to talk with douglas about so if you want to go check out a conversation yeah. about the author with the author of a book that appeared in this issue go back and check that is out. It out is that book out or is it still in oh yeah it's it's out it's been out for a few months now it is i could not recommend it higher like cool. it is if you want a doug I mean, for those of you that don't know douglas wolf did something that very few sane people do and and most <laughs> most uh, insane people don't do he read every marvel superhero comic everyone up until like a few years ago he read over 27,000 comics. It's just insanity. Hey, it was his job for years, years of time. And he wrote this book, All of the Marvels. I need to buy this book just to reward. Like, that's just like, bravo, dude. Like, slow the, clap. Uh, the, like, proud of you. Like, or, or like, yeah. I, now I can tell my wife, though, as I read so many comics. I'm like, look, there's someone who's read a lot more than me. Yeah, honey, I got nothing on this guy. Um, so one other interesting thing about uh, Douglas that uh, was really fun to chat with him about was, <laughs> so he is a professor, super intelligent dude. Um, if you actually, if you want to read this book, I would recommend you get the audio book because Douglas has a great like narrator voice. It's fantastic but he's also a teacher and he taught a comic book uh writing course uh, or like a survey course at portland state on the west coast and he took over the class from a comic book writer that is really important to will he took over the class for brian brian michael bendis ah nice nice so brian michael bendis like reached out and was like hey i can't like i can't like make this work and they knew each other, uh, I think on some level. And he was like, would you mind filling in for me? And it was like, when Brian Michael Bendis calls you and says, Hey, can you do something for me? And you're like, teach the class on comics for me. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> it's like that's a bad call up. Not gosh, Brian, I guess I can. <laughs> but anyway, that long aside to say how awesome that Easter egg was for me. And um, Loki then keeps going kind of, again like christmas carol he keeps going through these different moments and he goes to asgard mm -hmm. he goes to asgard right now as the funeral is happening the the younger low-key uh agent of asgard version of him goes and he actually talks to his real self like the loki that is at the funeral already <laughs> and um he gets really mad like really mad um he asks <laughs> he asks um basically were you the one that was behind this like 
are you the reason that Odin's dead? Like, I know you wouldn't stab him in the back and I know you wouldn't shoot the arrow, but are you the, are you the hand behind the scenes? And he, he has this tantrum and Loki, the, the current day Loki that's at the funeral, he runs away. And then Loki does one, one of his, one of his, you know, kind of casual things where he just switches to where he's a female Loki now. Um, because that's just, that's how Loki operates. And they have this really sweet moment where um, they just remind, they just remind each other that the, there's more than this moment. And like Loki's are different. Like Loki's are just made different. And I think that's one thing when you, when you read Al Ewing writing Loki, he gets Loki. Like Al Ewing may write Loki the best of anybody ever. Um, and, and I think that's why Agent of Asgard is so important of a comic. So yeah, if you can go check out that comic, go do it, man. Like go do it. And then at the end, we are kind of drawn back to the story uh, where we see the female Loki uh, about to go step through another door, another next door. And then at the bottom, we see to be continued in Defenders Beyond number one. I hold out hope that that means Al Ewing is writing Loki again, and yeah. we are going to get some bat crap crazy story. Um, but guys, sorry, I've waxed poetic way too long, but I really loved this segment. Well, is um, Lee Garbit like is um, male or female? Is that like he, she, who? Uh, no, Lee, Lee, Lee's a guy. Lee's a guy. Okay. Is um, what else is he drawn? Because man, it's so good. So. Lee Lee has done other uh, Doctor Strange stuff. Okay. Um, I believe, and I'm gonna double check myself on this, but I believe he was the main artist for the Death of Doctor Strange. Okay. The recent miniseries from a few months back. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Loki: Agent well, Asgard was really his big thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love the pacing, love the art, and the fact that like you know younger Loki's yelling at older or present day Loki and present day Loki's not even batting an eye of yeah. the whole thing it's just like yep yep this is kind of what what Loki's do and um you know even that phrase weapons down whoever this space-time hobo is like space-time hobo that's that's a great name for another band. that's so good yeah <laughs> yeah space-time hobo is like my new favorite phrase that my, my favorite part about this one was uh Odin's little piece to loki there from beyond the grave or maybe past words whatever he said there the my child who is both son and daughter i know you i know everything you are and i love you still ah, i thought that was just fantastic like especially with loki struggling about who they are right like there's so much of the loki comics and the loki lore is struggling with fitting in being a part of the family even who they are as a human like as a human as, as an individual right and odin saying i see you i get it i love you is just an incredible send off for this life that odin's been living even that kind of like that you know again we're going back to talking about um comics being political or social commentaries like this kind of gender queer moment of mm -hmm. like not understanding who they are but yet the parents saying i love you anyway is yeah is poetic and i've always known who you are right like you you're struggling with it but i've seen it from when you were little right like i've, I've always known this is who you were and i love you for who you are it's just it's yeah. so nice absolutely it's, it's a beautiful moment um and and you know it's funny um i <laughs> 
I don't really know why this just hit me as, as Will was talking about the social commentary of it. I know that some people are drawn to Loki because like, you know, he's, he's the bad guy that we love. We, we, we love to hate or hate to love or, or whatever. It's just Loki and Tom Hiddleston in the Marvel cinematic universe. He, he's, he's enigmatic. Like he's, he's magnetic in the way that he draws people. But I also get why Loki is such an important character in the grander scheme of Marvel and why some people that read Marvel comics just don't get him. And I think, I think because uh, I, and I, I apologize if I say this wrong or whatever I do. And my intention is not to be uh, insensitive or hurtful. I believe that Al Ewing is not just your standard, you know, white heterosexual dude. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think he would identify as straight. Um, but I think that the reason why Loki is so important is because of how Al Ewing pours himself into Loki and he like his run in agent of Asgard makes the character essential. Like he's been cool before that, but Loki is sympathetic. He is an example of so many different things. And I love that they pulled this quote. They pulled the quote that Faz referred to. They pulled it from the original sin uh, side story um with the 10th realm as odin and thor and loki are flying away from heaven uh, odin has a very uncharacter and un odin like moment when he says you know uh you know child who is both son and daughter you know basically i've seen you always and i've loved you always yeah. and i don't think odin's love of loki has ever been in question like obviously he like doesn't approve of like the evil or you know all the different nasty things he's done the mischief yeah the mischief but odin took him in when he shouldn't have mm-hmm. he is a like he is laufey's son he's not odin's son which um, comes into play later on at the end of this book which like, is a it, which is another way of like how this 750 is so woven together it comes in at the end uh so i loved this loki story i loved it it was awesome and um yeah it was it was fantastic will we got one more before the epilogue, the yeah, epilogue. Like, so um, why yeah, don't you so take here us we into- are like we're gonna we've moved through like the 80s the 90s the early 2000s the the loki owl ewing run uh which comes into play about the big family story and family tree but now here we have uh the jason aaron run and so we have jason aaron along with das das uh pastoras yes and um the title is who wields who and fantastic title because it's uh is is revolved around the hammer milnor like here is is narrated from the hammer's perspective of what's going on and we just saw a whole story arc that led to odin's death and to being destroyed and put back together all these things and and then you hear like the question who wields who and uh you you have 
Odin trying to pick up this hammer in the midst of being surrounded by like giants and trolls and like the enemies, like he's surrounded, there's no way he can win because he's just surrounded. Uh, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, you worthless dwarf spawned mallet uh, is the opening line from Odin. He Love it. It's fantastic. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, screw it. I, I don't need you anyway. Um, but, but you hear this like monologue of or inner in, internal monologue of, of Mjolnir of saying like, I'm the God Tempest. I'm the mother of storms. I'm, I'm the God who tamed the wild storm and, you know, who wields who. And, and, and then there's this kind of run and kind of splat or this page of the main characters of Jason Aaron's run and where he's been and where he's gone and what this hammer is about. And all of a sudden the hammer has a mind of its own and starts again, destroying big trolls and giants and odin's like okay yeah now you okay now you raise up all right great uh let's let's do this and and picks it up but but then i asked the question you know um that leads right in to the next phrase that that thor will say at the uh um at the at the funeral um it ends with i am the storm that wield no the last two phrases i am the hammer that humbles them I am the storm that wields them. Um, so, so the hammer that humbles them, how long in Thor's history in Norse mythology and Marvel comics struggled to pick up this yeah. hammer, eventually, you know, lost it, gained it back. And then this, this hammer humbles so many of these, these gods. And then, and then he's the storm that, that, that wields them. And it leads right into the next story. It's fantastic. The art's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it. It was a little bit shorter. It felt shorter than the other ones, um, but um, gorgeous and, and how appropriate that it focuses on the hammer because that was a big part of, of where we are and how we got to where we are today. Yeah, I, mean, I love... Oh, oh, sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, please, please go. I love when we get young, angry Odin. Every time he comes in, I don't know about you guys, but the, the flashback stuff he's always works for me. He's such a jackass. He's, he's so aggressive. Jackass. He's just like, I I love how he was like oscillating between worthy and unworthy throughout this, depending on how the hammer was feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a really fun kind of look into prime Odin or like pre-prime Odin when he was just coming up on his own, like when he was where Thor is most of the time in Thor's runs, right? So I, I, I love every time we get a piece of a viewpoint like this. Yeah, it's great. I mean, digging back into some of the things, that, it's funny because uh, Jason is, sorry, Jason Aaron, <laughs> Mr. Aaron. <laughs> like We're not, we're not like, we're not besties. So, uh, but Jason is um, so masterful at taking small little moments and drawing them out and adding depth to them. So just a simple thing, like not, you know, the hammer and him, you know, having those moments of like, Oh, I'll let you pick me up now, but I won't let you pick me up then, you know, the struggle within Odin to understand what's going on with the hammer and the hammer being like, dude, you've had it all wrong since the beginning. Like, like I was never, I was never one that needed to be used by you. And the enchantment, even the part about the enchantment, like, you think the enchantment tamed me? No, it didn't. Like, I let you guys do this. <laughs> and 
I think Jason just writes that beautifully. Um, the the uh, the arrogance, but also the different perspective of the hammer. It's just great. Like it's it's an Odin story, yes, but it's it's your an inanimate object is is narrating the story, and I just yeah. find that so fascinating. It's really good. Um, and and the art too. Like again, Jason Aaron writer Das Pastoras as like the artist. It doesn't say you know, inker and colorist, like he did it all. And so here is painted beautifully, the coloring, the shading, again, just masterful art. This is just a gorgeous book all the way through. There's not, um, nobody skimped on this issue or rushed it. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, such a, just, it's, it's a masterwork. Um, we come to the epilogue and the epilogue it's funny if you took the beginning and the end of this book and you cut out all the stuff in the middle, which I don't know why you would do, but for, for sake of, for sake of this, you would have a full comic. Um, you would have your 21, 22 pages. Uh, the end really has two parts, uh, three parts to it. So we begin with uh, Thor closing the book. He's told all the stories that they need to tell at this funeral. And now they're going to do the Viking funeral send off for Odin. Now, keep in mind, the name of this issue is not like the Thor 750th God size spectacular. That's not the name of this comic. The name of the comic is the second son of Asgard. And that theme comes into play very well here at the end. Thor is getting ready to use this special bow and this special arrow that they list off all the credentials on these things. Like it was carved by Hawkeye. The, <laughs> the, the shaft of the arrow is from the, 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 the world tree, like all these different things. The, the bow string is a strand of Hela's hair. Um, things like that. Yep. <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, why is it that? Is that a threat? Allow that that? Promise? I don't know. Yeah, did she allow that and give it, or did someone just kind of sneak while she was sleeping and grab? I'm just thinking about how much it would suck to comb her hair if it's strong enough to be like the bowstring of this magic enchanted weapon. I'm just like, girl, what is your hair like? Um, but he he gets ready to fire this arrow into the coffin that's floating out beyond Asgard. And he can't do it. He can't do it. So he turns to Loki and Loki does it. Loki is the one that fires the arrow that kind of sets the coffin ablaze. And Odin's remains become a literal second son of Asgard. Yeah. Yeah, so, Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine. Yeah. There he goes. So Star Wars, the dark side. Tatooine. So much Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but we see the the second Odin's second son, Loki, shoot the arrow that creates the second son of Asgard, and we're you know we're kind of left with that cool little moment between Thor and Loki. They look at each other and they're just you know thankful. They're thankful that they. I think I think at this point they are thankful that they have each other, like. They've been through so much shit together, mm-hmm. so much. But at this moment, they're thankful to have each other. And then we jump to the, the celebration kind of happened. They're, they're celebrating Odin. They're selling, you know, for Asgard, for Odin, you know. Uh, and then Thor just says, forever. 
kind of to himself. And then later on, he's in his room and he has this conversation with Odin through the hammer. And Odin is kind of beating around the bush initially about like why he's still around, why he's still around as this voice inside the hammer. And Thor is like, you know, oh, so so now you get to keep telling me what to do. You get to keep like, you're not just going to pass on. Why can't you pass on? Like, leave me, essentially leave me alone. At this point, I like, we do. We Stop did haunting the, me. Stop yeah, haunting me. Yeah, dude. like we did we did the thing, like pass on to Valhalla, pass on to Valhalla. And Odin gets to this point where he says, I would, but I can't. And we see these last few pages of Valhalla empty. There's nobody there. The the door didn't open for Odin, it was busted open when he got there. And the halls of Valhalla are empty that is the send-off we get and it was unexpected gentlemen i don't have any idea where this is going in in a way we should have seen it coming they've been unmaking everything in the world of thor for the last 20 issues guys you're so damn right (laughs) this is the this is the biggest piece yet right even the afterlife is broken now and they're going to need to fix it somehow right yeah craziness i just that those last few panels of the 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 gray stone of the outer doorway and it's busted through and the on the inside nick klein has you know beautifully drawn you know and matt wilson has colored this beautiful you know kind of utopian like scenery but there's nobody there Actually, so I just want to read. I just want to read the the lines, um, just real quick, and 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 you guys jump in with like speculation, appreciation, whatever. There's so much, like so much at the end of this 750th issue, where Odin is talking and he says, "You know, I cannot go to Valhalla. I tried. When my spirit passed, I walked to the gates of Valhalla to find my brothers, my father. The gates, they were they were open, Thor. They were broken." The great halls were empty. Not a soul remained. Son, I am here because I need you. Because I have nowhere else to go. Valhalla is gone. You can't even get into heaven. Nuts. I would have thought well, it would have been, if, if he couldn't get in, it'd be because of the terrible things he's done over his millions of years, right? But it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he just, think, you know, the, the fact that um, after a long day, Thor's just trying to go to bed, you know, <laughs> off his clothes, just trying to go to bed. And and then like this force ghost again, Star Wars reference is like talking to him. He's like, dude, just leave me alone. What? Go, move on. And then the hammer is there still cracked and glowing from it is. And then that's the next big story. Arc. So I don't know if this is going to tie into Banner Wars, just kind of an offshoot to get us ready. Let, let this kind of 60th anniversary of these two heroes do their thing. And then um, they'll go to the next big Donny Cakes, Nick Klein, give Nick Klein a break, you know, after putting all his work into this and let him. Take oh, I a, doubt he's taking a break. Yeah. yeah, Extra time to work. But <laughs> With then all these the extra story arc is like, why is intricate panels? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, 
love how this wasn't just an anniversary issue. It leads into the next big thing and leads mm -hmm. you to the next one, which is what comics do. The final page makes you go, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. And that's how they keep getting us. And, and I love it. So guys, I, we, I mean, we have, we have waxed poetic about this issue for, for so long. And I hope listeners uh, understand that we appreciate all of the hard work that the creators put into this book. It is, and I'm, I, I'm trying to not say this as a massive Thor fan, but let's be honest, I can't be unbiased, uh, but just as a fan of good comics, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, this as its own graphic novel would be awesome. Like, I just think it would be like all these creators hit on so many different levels. You know, there's fun action. There's great callbacks. There's, you know, mysteries yet to be solved. There's things to look forward to. And the emotional heartstrings that they pull on are just like for me, honestly, it was un I was unexpected. Like I didn't, I didn't expect J. Michael Straczynski to make me cry. <laughs> I didn't expect to get to the end of those words Valhalla is gone and 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 have an audible holy shit. Like I, I, I just want you to understand. Like this comic is great. This comic is great. This is not standard Thor fare. Like, I think this is different. This is different. This feels next level. And um, my my fabulous co-host, like, anything else to say about this issue before we wrap up with a few other quick hitter comics from this month's Thor-related titles? Just to uh, echo what you said. The, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, props to the to the to the editors, Will Moss, Alana Smith. You know, in oh, terms yeah. of 60 years of 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 an anniversary issue it, it's it's awesome yeah i, I think it's, man, man. it's so hard to land a uh, love letter to a character like this you've seen it go wrong so many times with recent tv shows and things and they nailed this one they got everybody together they got a million people involved with this all great in their own way but what are the chances it's all going to work as well as it did and they nailed it so that's just a great job by everybody involved. Yeah. Awesome. Faz, why don't you talk about the, the alligator Loki for a minute while I go run, do something real fast. You talk about that and then I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Will's going to take his own personal intermission. We will stick with you because we have got to talk about what's happening elsewhere in Thor comics. And I really can't think of anything better to talk about right now as will is taking his intermission <laughs> to talk about alligator loki holy crap faz what's happening in the world of infinity comics so look guys cards on the table i know you guys are only here to hear what's going on with alligator loki i know you put up with us talking about <laughs> you, you for an hour, for an hour <laughs> <laughs> other stuff. to get to alligator loki he is the god of butter Lies, lies in issue number three it's amazing he's very cute he's swimming butterflies are landing on him he's trying to eat them and failing miserably this alligator loki is nothing if not incompetent at everything that he does and it's fantastic and adorable he's he trying to so eat hard. them they escape more land on him he eats them they escape more land on him and they eventually reach this kind of symbiotic decision here where they're all gonna bask in the sunlight in the water He's not eating them. They're not running from him. They're all just kind of almost snuggling on the water. And it's just, 
it's fantastic. And like I said, I, I know that's why you guys are here. You're here for Alligator Loki. So I'll give you a second Alligator Loki. The second one is called World Tour. And the premise is our main man, Thor, is still super in love with his alligator brother <laughs> and wants to show all of his friends. But Alligator Loki is a Loki. He is not having a good time being shown around as like a pet or like a best friend. Yeah, he's yeah. biting Thor's head. He's biting his arms. He tries to FaceTime Jane showing the Loki. Jane's <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's great, bro. Thanks. Um, he well, flies nothing him over. to do with it. Doesn't want to be in on it. He uh, he dive bombs when Thor is trying to fly him elsewhere to escape. He bites Thor a million times. He's going after a dove that Thor barely avoids. They end up in Avengers Tower. Everybody's ready to go to war with this alligator Loki. The Avengers assemble. <laughs> Thor has an amazing idea, and he just puts the hammer on top of him. It's the hammer, <laughs> and they can just hang out and enjoy the cute alligator Loki. And that's the end. They're amazing. <sighs> This is why we, the fact that, that the Loki TV show blessed us with this amazing character is a gift <laughs> that keeps on giving every new comics issue. <laughs> Just fantastic. And and so expertly uh, uh, narrated back to us by Faz. Uh, oh man, th this Infinity Comics is fun. Still no words. Still no words. I don't think we're yeah. going to get. So, you know, in terms of the author writing the script, you're, you're describing what they want the artist to draw. Yeah. And There's no words. It's all art. And uh, so Infinity Comics, is that just like a Marvel Unlimited exclusive? Yep. Just, yep. It's, I, they'll collect it in a trade. They'll collect it in a trade paperback you can give to kids. Like, you know, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I think one recently um, a comic was, a comic went from like, I don't remember what the title is, but they took an infinity comic and made it a physical comic um, as opposed to the other way around. It was, uh, it was uh, I think the first time they've done that, but yeah, the infinity comics are fun. They're scrolling comics that you just, you read top down and then you just move on and you keep moving on, you know, infinity. And um, they're just fabulous. They're fabulous reads. Uh, and these alligator Loki ones, just so you know, listeners, they're like minute reads. Yeah. maybe a minute yeah like, like it, it it takes me way longer to describe than it would take you to, to yeah yeah look through for sure yeah. because the the artist just captures the emotion of the characters and the, the, the what they're you know what they're actually saying you know with their eyes and stuff they, like they, they get it so right it's such a fun um such a fun comic but um yeah that's what's happening in the world of alligator loki Will is going to let us know what's happening in the world of Avengers. We have just come out of the Death Hunters storyline, and we are talking about uh, the 55th issue of the current run of Avengers, the 755th legacy number Avengers run. This is right. by... There's a kind of a transition. We just came off a, a, a pretty big story arc and it's leading to another. So this is a transition issue and, and they're kind of building the Avengers team back. There's a new lineup. There's some old, there's some new Black Panthers backing out um they nighthawk from um uh squadron supreme uh, that was a part of kind of jason aaron's kind of side story around avengers with heroes reborn kind of another version of heroes reborn uh so they bring in nighthawk which is kind of the the marvel batman version of the justice league from squadron supreme to come and be i know it's 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 crazy but but yeah, so this this setup and, and what it is is that you have this um these these villains um that that they come at the the 
what, what is it? The Serpent Society, which you would think is like, you know, kind of like, you know, sea level villains, almost like the, the very sea level. <laughs> yeah. Like the wrecking crew or something like that. Um, but then, you know, they, they wreak habit and it's playing who's behind this. Well, it's revealed that it is, um, you know, father serpent or Mephisto, which comes as like a hellhound dog. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a splash page that you need to find it on your own of like every single version of Mephisto. Um, and it's nuts this whole double page spread and i tried to count i tried to count how many were on the page and it's over a hundred like i was like counting and trying to track it is over a hundred um insane on there that that and that's the scary part can come in any shape or form right he's Mm -hmm. the satan of the marvel universe he's the devil can come as a a snake or a dog or you know a neighbor you know that you wouldn't suspect um so that's the big bad that's coming down the road and then they have this kind of back to the round table of assembling the avengers together and they had their kind of icons or labels around you have like blade with glasses and two like wooden stakes you know is his like come on he needs to level up his his icon you do better uh, than that for but, but blade, listen to this, man, listen right? to this. you have blade you have phoenix echo Starbrand, namer valkyrie thor captain marvel nighthawk iron man and cap that's the the 10 person lineup your uh basketball team of two benches deep of of avengers getting ready for the next big thing which probably is a um, well, you get another transition because they're going to focus on on Jane Foster there for a little while yeah. and, and Valkyrie, but then you yeah. know, we know something down the road with Mephisto's coming. So, uh, I mean, a few things here. Big props to writer Jason Aaron for, you know, um, who I owe an apology to. Um, you know, last time around we said, like, you know, where are these things going? You know, that, that last storyline didn't make any sense. And like, okay, well, now now i know kind of wider lens where we're going like we're going towards a conflict with mephisto and um that is really gonna be something i think it's gonna be something for us to kind of hold on tight uh because jason's gonna take us somewhere crazy and last time around we said you know when we looked at the cover it was like ah the serpent society are you kidding <laughs> he reintroduces the serpent society in a way that actually was scary like they're not just like these snake themed like bumpkins they are like straight up murdering whole skyscrapers full of people to sacrifice to father serpent who is mephisto and they're they're like they're hissing this weird hymnal there's all this very uh, religious language around what they're doing and it's it's like a cult they're like they've fully been bought into this cult of mephisto and it made them way scarier than i've ever seen them as Mm -hmm. um it was they are like jokes of villains but this was like the first time i read a comic with the serpent society and where i was like I, i didn't laugh i did not laugh no there's i didn't do that and then I just big props to Javier Garon for mm-hmm. so much great art, like especially the Mephisto double double page. I can't imagine the this the meticulous nature of putting all that together. And I I, I believe, I, I, please like uh, 
if Jason Aaron or Javier Garon are, are listening to this, correct me. <laughs> I would love that. Um, I believe the Mephisto kind of like hundred plus characters thing is a homage to George Perez, who was well known for doing lots of different big, huge, you know, let's see how many characters we can get into this. Um, and George Perez is thanked at the beginning of the first page is, you know, George Perez, once an Avenger, always an Avenger. Right. Um, and for those of you that don't know, like George Perez has, has a form of inoperable cancer and he's, he's probably not going to be with the comic book community for a lot longer. So they did a, a great, a great tribute to him at the beginning. And I believe Javier does a great tribute to him inside the comic talking about you know the page we referred to a few times so i really appreciated that um just a great homage to a great creator um who has given so much to the comic book world um but just kudos kudos to jason javier and marvel for putting the tribute to george in this issue it was great i loved it yeah mm-hmm. baz do you have anything else to say about avengers 55 uh, yeah, just briefly, I was kind of, I've, I, I feel like I've been less frustrated with the, the little like change off side stories, but I was getting there too, where I was really hoping it was going somewhere. And when I saw Serpent Society, like you guys, and I think I, we talked about it last time, I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, guys, five issues of, of guys making hissing jokes is, is gonna, <laughs> is gonna be rough. But <laughs> this is flipped on its head. Like normally we talk about the the covers of comics getting us too hyped for something that doesn't actually happen. This is the exact opposite. I was ruining this comic to be serpent society the whole time. Put Mephisto on the cover. I'm there. He, they, they kind of hid this gem in here. And I was really happy to be surprised at, no, we're, we're, we're working towards the big storyline here. We, yeah. we may not for the next couple, but we're, we're getting the, we're moving in the right direction. We're going to have a big Mephisto showdown eventually. And I also really liked that Thor said Avengers Assemble this time. It's just cool to see. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. always do it. They, they that was the big final page. You know, we got yeah. to see everybody like Avengers Assemble. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just awesome. But yeah. yeah, briefly, my thoughts. Great job again by Jason Aaron. I've learned better than to doubt. I don't know what caused me to, to slip as well, but uh, it's coming together nicely. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I fully agree. And the next issue of Avengers is Avengers uh, 56, where we're going to see Jane take Mm -hmm. the spotlight. Jane is one of the new kind of like, she's part of the leadership council of the Avengers now, but just a few issues ago, she wasn't even a technical member of the Avengers. Right. And so now she's going to get spotlighted in this next issue. And uh, it'll just be so much fun to see Jason write jane like spotlight jane again uh because he is i believe i believe this is pretty pretty unanimously you know like jason is the one that redefined jane Mm -hmm. in the marvel universe like she was a really a nothing character before then was never really given the ball to run with and jason was like no for like three four years she's the one uh, so just uh, kudos to Jason. It'll be fun to watch him go back and, and write a Jane centric story in the, in, in an Avengers title. So guys, we've come to the end, man, this marathon size, King size, God size, 
mega super awesome spectacular we said we were going to go long on this issue and we did not disappoint listeners <laughs> i hope you enjoyed this conversation we just like we enjoyed thor 750 so much and and i hope that comes across i hope that our love for the creators for the comic for the characters really really came across um if it didn't man we need to up our game boys uh but the legacy legacy episode Uh, (laughs) next time when we talk about new comics we're going to be talking about banner of war we're finally going to get to read thor and hulk going at it for five issues there will be just so you know um a a teeny tiny preview if you haven't listened to our preview episode with martin cocolo please do that will and i got to sit down with banner of war artist martin cocolo uh for really a generous amount of time a generous yeah. amount of time. He Enjoy. was a delight. Like Will and I texted after that little chat and we're like, he was like the nicest dude. It was just <laughs> super cool. Um, you know, he's, he's drawing masterpieces in his, in his room. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, I'll talk to these dudes for, for an hour. Um, and he has actually said that he wants to come back and talk about all the spoilerific, I believe, Will said that we're going to do a full spoiler episode with him later on in the summer once Banner of War has wrapped up. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but Banner of War Alpha drops next week. Like when this conversation drops, you're listening to it. Banner of War is like a day away. It'll be awesome. So gentlemen, anything else? Uh, where can where can people find you on the internet? And uh, what do you got going on this week? Oh, um, yeah, I, you know, you can find me on, on the socials and, um, yeah, part of, uh, systematic ecology, uh, another podcast where we talk about, you know, geeky things and how they intersect with philosophy and theology. And, um, and yeah, like I've been saying on other shows, like you can also find me in Chapel Hill. So North Carolina, if you want to come visit, if you're in the triangle area and I'll take you for a beer and take you to my favorite bar and arcade and, and we'll hang out and talk comics. You love that barcade, man. I do. I do. <laughs> really do. Faz, where can people find you and what is going on in the world of the Faz Guardian? I don't have a favorite barcade to invite people to, Will. You've, you've shown me up once again. <laughs> uh, we barely have a bar where I am. So it's... <laughs> You, you guys can find me at Faz Guardian on Instagram. I've got a lot of Love and Thunder stuff coming soon. Have a lot of shoots planned, a lot of cool stuff coming content-wise that way. But uh, what I'm really excited about is that Doctor Strange is coming out next week. Mm-hmm. I know it's not Thor-related, but I'm going to be hyped to watch that. It could be. Yeah, it could be, right? Who who knows what's, what the movie's even going to be about, <laughs> but... Uh, if Beta Ray Bill can be in Thor 4, then there can be some Thor-related stuff in man. Multiverse of Madness. Oh, man, what if he shows up Doctor Strange and really surprises watch, us? That'd be watch, cool. come July, we're all going to look like idiots because Faz was like, I was saying it since March. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guys, you are just lovely to hang out with. And by the way, everybody, just so you know, we chat like this, like off the, off the camera, off the mics too. So it's just, you never know what you're going to get when the warriors three assemble. So uh, everybody, you can uh, go just check me out at uh, I am Ryan does. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff coming up and I know I say this a lot because I always want to give you the best Thor show we can possibly give you. We've got a lot of great things coming up. Some things I can tell you about, 
some things I can't tell you about yet, but this spring and summer is going to be packed. Every week is going to be a banger. I'm going to do my absolute best to give you the best shows we possibly can. And uh, we just encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all those things, do those things so that as we march closer and closer to Love and Thunder, more people can get aboard the Thor train and they can join us aboard the Bifrost. Uh, Man, next week is going to be another fun chat. We've got some great things planned. Uh, I'm not going to let that one out of the bag just yet, but uh, just know we've got a lot of good things planned for you. And we love that you've joined us aboard the Rainbow Bridge today. Until we see you next time here on Across the Bifrost, friend, dear listener, I encourage you to stay worthy.